Welcome to this week's Anglers Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by Ranger Boats. Still building legends one at a time. Now here's your host, Chris Brown. Welcome in, folks. Anglers Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Ranger Boats, powered by Mercury Marine. Of course, shocked to life by Relyon Lithium Batteries. Tailor-made lithium, giving you the most power to help you make the most of your time on the water. Check them out online, relyonbattery.com. Make sure you use code Anglers Channel for 10% off and free shipping on your next order. That's code Anglers Channel for 10% off your next battery uh, purchase, lithium battery purchase. And uh, I got to I gotta just point it out, KG, that, you know, some folks over on your forum been looking for some lithium batteries, and I had to step up and say, here's what you got to have, right? You got to have an RB100 HP to start the thing, and you got to have three RB100s to run that trolling motor all day and electronics, right? So... Well, I know based on my experience, that was, that is what works really well. well. So if you want a system that works really well, then yes, take your advice. Exactly. So you guys make sure you check that out, relyonbattery.com. I promise you, once you go lithium, you'll never go back. You will fall in love with them. It's worth every single penny. So make sure you get that lined up and get that ready to roll. I'm Chris Brown, along with social media ninja, Mr. David Zhang. DX, what's happening? Just another day in the neighborhood. And of course, hey, yo, Grover. Kenneth Grover, Angler's Channel Insider. Welcome to just, as many have called it, or several have called it, just another damn fishing podcast, right? So I heard that this week, this past week from a few people said, oh, yeah, you got one of them little fishing podcasts, don't you? Yep. Three and a half years long, 202 effing episodes. And we're just another damn fishing podcast. That's all we are. That's it. Just us, right? Just us. Just three guys talking about fishing, not giving a shit about anything else. But we're lumped in with the masses, right? I think four years ago when we started this thing, there wasn't but a handful of them. Now everybody's got a damn podcast. But here we are, still chugging along 200 episodes later. So I do have to start this episode off though, real quick. And um, it's a little bit of perspective, right, David? A little bit of perspective. A lot of things going on in the world, a lot of shit going on in the world, excuse me. But um, about eight years ago, I was in Texas for a Texas Toyota Bass Classic, and it was pouring down rain, and it was nasty there at Fork. And I was working for Rigid Industry at the time. And um, hanging out there at the toter home that we had, and up walks this dude, right? I mean, this guy's huge, not fat, not big, and he's just big, right? And get talking to him, and it's Brian Robinson who played for the Minnesota Vikings, David. He was um, one of the, he was the guy that when he sacked Aaron Rodgers, right, he was doing the fishing thing. He made the cast and caught the fish, all that stuff. Well, with him was a guy by the name of Skeeter Fowler. <clears throat> and they said, hey, we're going to go to this barbecue joint. Why don't y'all come with us? I don't know either one of these two guys from Adam, but this is an NFL guy and another dude that's really freaking cool. So we went, me and my buddy Steve, we uh, we took off and went with him. 
And uh, later that night, under a uh, awning there uh, by the by the motorhome, we put lights on Skeeter Fowler's Skeeter, believe it or not, and got him rigged up and got him ready to go. And Skeeter and I have been good friends ever since. Uh, we talk periodically off and on through text and Facebook Messenger. And he was one of the first ones this year to sign up for the NPFL and um, was very excited, followed, followed his career, what he's been doing, how he's been doing it, been fishing the Opens, the Toyota Series. He just missed out in the Southwestern Toyotas on going to the uh, the championship there, just out of the top 30. And um, at Winnebago, he got sick and really not feeling good, withdrew from that event and tried to drive home. And he got as far as Little Rock, Arkansas, couldn't go any further, and um, ended up having to go to the hospital in Memphis, to a bigger hospital. And I don't even know how old Skeeter was. I'm going to say mid-50s at that. And uh, he lost a battle with COVID over the weekend. And this one hurts. I mean, it hurts bad. I think everybody's been affected or known somebody that has died from COVID or had issues with it. And, um, you know, NPFL, it's been a rough year on them. They lost Donnie O'Neill a couple weeks ago, now Skeeter Fowler. Two guys that just flew that flag for them uh, bigger than anything. And, you know, it, it really put me down when I heard about this over the weekend and, um, and looked at it and really kind of analyzed it some more and just really kind of had me down in a bad spot. And I had, I had COVID. Um, my wife's had it. We've had family that's had it. It's a scary ass deal, and I'm I'm really concerned by it. But um, I have been vaccinated. In case anybody wants to give me shit about that, I have been vaccinated. But um, the the perspective part I was talking about, I was driving down the interstate today, and I got a Facebook message from a longtime friend of mine. Her name is Wendy Fowler Jacobs. And if that name sounds familiar, about ten years ago at the West Point. Georgia, LaGrange, Georgia, West Point, uh, Bassmaster Elite Series. I met a young man by the name of Mike, Mikey Jacobs um, in his early 20s, has a rare form of cancer that, I don't know, the word's about a mile and a half long. I can't even begin to pronounce how to say it or even go back and think about it. But anyway, Mikey and I became good buddies. Barone wrote about him. Um I took Mikey out on the water uh, for a day. Actually, in Trip Weldon's boat, he borrowed his boat, went out and followed around. He wanted to follow KVD, so we did. We followed a bunch of other anglers in that event. And Mikey and I just became really good friends. And that was in 2013, or 2012, excuse me. And then uh, 2013, he would come to Gunnersville. We'd fish. We took him frog fishing KG and got his first frog fish. And, uh, I mean, this was a – Turkey killing, duck killing, bass fishing, catching 22-year-old, redheaded, freckle face, just, I mean, full of life, piss and vinegar, and um, lost his life at 23 and 20, uh, in early 2014, and just absolutely broke my heart. But anyway, um, I put a post about Skeeter on, our Facebook, on my Facebook page and English channel, and I got a text today from Mikey's mom, and he she, she said, Hey, Chris, this is Wendy Jacobs, Mikey's mom. Just happened on your post about Skeeter Fowler's passing from this life. 
Sound like it was sudden, which is so very hard. My heart goes to to you and to those who knew him. I will tell you, though, my first thought was to smile, knowing that Mikey probably welcomed Skeeter with a fishing pole, excited to fish with a quote-unquote real pro. It warmed my heart, and I hope it might yours, too. I hope this note finds you well. We are good. And, I, you know, that right there just kind of changed the whole outlook for me on um, on this deal with Skeeter. And um, I hate it. I, I hope you guys would keep him and, he, and his family in your prayers. He's got a, a son and two grandsons. I think, I think two sons or a daughter and a son and two grandsons. Uh, one was just born. I mean, he's been the biggest advocate for the NPFL and bass fishing in general. So please keep, you know, uh, Skeeter's family in your thoughts and prayers. And, um, David, I saw you make a post about Aaron Martins today uh, as well. And uh, any updates with him? What's going on with him? Uh, I don't think there's any new updates. Just be the fact that he's just going through that treatment for, I guess, was it a second tumor or whatever it is? But, yeah, it's just more aggressive. And, I mean, it's what, what he's dealing with is an aggressive form of cancer anyways. But, you know, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, you know, I guess this second time around, it's taking a, a, a bigger toll on him than it did the first time around. Sure, sure. Well, definitely prayers for him um, as well, and many others that are being affected by not only cancer but COVID and all of this stuff going on. I'm I'm ready for this stuff to go away, KG. I'm I'm tired of it. How about you? I I, I agree with you, Chris, and you know it just. COVID is one thing, but it seems like, you know, we, we deal with this too often and it's not easy when it's friends or people that we know. Um, but I, I guess, I guess what I need to say is we don't ever know how long we have. No. So you need to make sure that the time you do have, that you appreciate your friends you have, appreciate your family. Don't take anything for granted. Absolutely. There you go. Very well said, and I sometimes I wonder why in the world the two of y'all are on this call with me every week, if, if that's the case. So y'all have got better people and better things to do with your time than to sit here for 200 episodes on just a little old fishing podcast, you know. But uh, but no, definitely thinking about those families that are affected by it. Of course, um, as we record this, Tropical Storm slash Hurricane Nicholas is dumping 20-plus inches of rain on Texas, Louisiana. And headed our way, KG. It sounds like David, you're so far north. We just you 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 don't even know what's happening down here, do you? You don't even care. I don't care. I, I it's it, I don't know if it affects. Well, like what was it like? As we record this, like what was it earlier today? Well, right now there was that. What was it yesterday? There was a big you know rainstorm or thunderstorm that went through and you know cross you know it blows from east to west I mean west to east so yeah you know, it, it hit the uh, BPT party that's happening over on St Clair but you know but yeah, I don't know if that's the same thing or what but you know I was I, I was going to take that and run with it and and just make a, a rude comment about is that thing still going on but apparently it is I, I know that it is um, and I'm I should probably not be a complete you know asshole about it right now but uh, and i'm not going to but looking at uh looking at the knockout round and uh, i know that's still going on as we record this that's still going on we know who michael neal 200 pounds is that what 200 something i got it um 200 something for his winning group a and then uh straighter with um 100 some odd pounds in group b 
Uh, Andy Morgan right now is leading the knockout round with 93.01 with uh, a few minutes left to go. Uh, is it still going on, David, or is it done? Uh, I think they, as it should be almost done uh, since we're recording because they were under a weather delay. Of course they were. That You know, I will say that's probably the one good thing about MLF I like is they will do a weather delay. But at the same time, KG, <laughs> we spend too much time fishing and filming this crap to stop, right? So... Yeah, there's some days we've been out that uh, the delay would have taken all day. Yeah, yeah, it would have. And I'm I'm afraid this coming weekend we're going to have another one of those days. It's going to be a, a UA fish, you know, unarmored fish uh, rain jacket, rain suit kind of day coming up here because it's, it's probably going to be a little damp as we uh, get ready to film this weekend for Alabama Bass Trail. But uh, we do have a, uh, a good show for you guys tonight. I reached out to a couple of guys um, and had not heard back, so – one guy that I, that I did hear back from, though, that I'm excited to talk to, get and learn a little more about, is Jonathan Kelly. Jonathan won – well, it's kind of hard to say he won, right? Because if you look at the, the qualifiers, it's a tie for first place between Jonathan Kelly and Mike Iconelli and Alex Redwine, 549 points apiece. So Jonathan's going to join us. I think he's fishing the, the Toyota Potomac event right now as well. Uh, he said, I'm going to be on uh, on the water, so just give me a call and we'll uh, go from there. So Jonathan's going to be on the phone here and just a little, talk to him about his, uh, about his season when he opens. And um, KG, by, by the looks of it, he might have some options coming up here uh, in a month or two. So Options are good. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I think options are good. You're good with options. Options are always yeah. good. All right, you're good with options. That's good. Uh, that's good to hear. So – well, with that, we'll take a quick little break. When we come back, we'll have Jonathan Kelly with us and more right here Angler's Channel Insider Park. Hey, Jason, what would you say your biggest fear is when you're out fishing? Hmm, Chris, um, let me see. Probably stranded out in the middle of the lake. That's right. You know, that's everybody's biggest fear, Jason, not being able to get back to the ramp, especially in time for weigh-in during tournaments. But one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me, and that's switching to lithium batteries, and not just any lithium batteries, but rely on lithium batteries. Oh, Chris, how do you like those? Jason, they're great. Let me tell you, they allow me to spend more time on the water and are essential when it comes to starting and running my boat. They give me short charge times and more usable capacity, so I don't have any late-day voltage sags. Plus, they're stupid lightweight compared to lead acid, and they're practically maintenance-free. Really allows me to focus on my fishing instead of worrying about getting back to the ramp. Okay, okay, you talked me into it. Where can I get some Relyon batteries? Jason, you can visit relyonbattery.com slash anglerschannel and use our special promo code code anglers channel for 10% off your purchase Did i mentioned they also offer fast and free shipping you didn't but even better so hey what are you waiting for get hooked on rely on lithium today with so many exclusive designs and processes no other boat is built like ranger it's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features more performance and the best value the ranger fisherman series from bow to stern this is results-based engineering at its best still building legends one at a time at mercury there are no limits to the lengths we'll go 
make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. We're brought to you by our friends. Well, at Mercury, you just heard right there in the background, right? Mercury Marine. Sounds awesome. And uh, it really does. Yeah, it's hard right. to beat that sound. It's actually brought to you by pro charging systems but since jonathan cranked up his outboard we're gonna make it by dual pro and mercury right so go boldly excited to welcome in northern opens elite series qualifier and i i guess points champ jonathan jonathan kelly yeah that's right so how yeah. does that work when it's it's you ike and alex at 549 points a piece tied are you taking the win uh yeah i took the win i had the highest weight total Ah. So I think I'm, from what I'm told, that was that was the tiebreaker. The person who had the highest weight on the season in all competition days can, like, competed. Very cool. Very cool. Well, where is home for you, Jonathan? Uh, I live in Old Forge, Pennsylvania. Okay. Old Forge, PA. I got gotcha. you. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I mean, yeah. how many years have you been fishing the Opens? Uh, this is my first season fishing the Really? Wow. One and done and, and ready to roll on. So 37th at Oneida, 8th at the James, and then ninth at St. Lawrence last week. Was there any pressure going into St. Lawrence for you? Uh, there was a lot of pressure because obviously the goal of the week was to make the, uh, the elite. And uh, I was sitting outside the cut. I was sitting in – I was tied for fifth in points. Okay. So I had a little bit of pressure on me, not going to lie, but – I mean, I definitely would rather be sitting outside than be than sitting in the top three going into that last one because, I don't know, I feel like everyone's going to have pressure if you have a chance to make it. So to at least have that chance to make sure I catch them, that was a big thing for me just to, like, you know, beat a few guys out. And, I mean, luckily I was able to do that. I had – a lot of experience on the St. Lawrence River, so it was definitely the most comfortable tournament for me to be finishing that season out on. Okay. All right. So you felt good about that one going in. So you, you obviously had experience there and and uh, and felt good about it. Did you fish the Toyota event there a few weeks prior? Yes, I finished 14th. Okay. All right. All right, I got you. I got you. Very cool. So, I mean, you had you finished ninth. Let's see, what was your – were you leading day one or, or you were close, weren't you? Like top five? Mm, no, I was in – I think I was tied for seventh, you if were, I remember yep. correctly, on day one. Yeah, you were and in seventh with 24-12. Yeah, yeah. So, 24-12 on, uh, on day one. I guess I remember looking at the points on day one and seeing where you had made a move. I think your buddy Ronnie Moore was uh, – was pulling for you as well. I think I saw some Instagram and Snapchat stuff from him. And so you were in fourth on day two with 24-6. And then uh, day three fell just a little bit. But, I mean, you had already made the you already made the points at that point, hadn't you, by the time you got to day three? Yeah, after day two, I, I knew I was either going to finish first, second, or third, no matter what. And then so I was kind of just going fishing, going to have fun. At that point, it is what it is. 
I had, you know, a good two days, and it was the two days that I needed to have on, like, the right two days. The third day, uh, things just got a lot tougher for me. Um, my main area that I was fishing, I got to, and right away I caught fish, but they were a lot smaller than what they were the previous two days. And it don't mean that the fish that I was catching left. Like, I could still see fish all over the live scope, and I, the, the area was pretty loaded. I was pretty crazy to see how it looked on the live scope but the only problem was that Thursday morning was dead flat calm when we took off and that definitely made things tough uh i was kind of waiting it out and i was going to wait till the wind started to pick up we were supposed to get real bad winds that day so i figured if i timed it right i can go hit a couple other spots and then come back and i can get it when it's just a little bit of a breeze kicking up because i was catching my fish on a carolina rig and a jig which Ooh. You know, a lot of people are like, hey, that's crazy. Like, where's your drop shot? <laughs> well, I so, was going to ask, but you said Carolina rig, so now you've piqued my interest. Give me some details on the Carolina rig. Uh, I mean, I was mainly throwing some sort of craw, but sometimes they did bite quite funny, so I would uh, change up to a finesse worm. Those definitely were the two baits that caught all the fish in the Carolina rig. Anywhere, anything from uh, green pumpkin or to black. I didn't go too crazy on colors on that. It was either one or the other i got you i got you okay all right very cool very but the, cool. the main problem was in that final day when i went back to that main area after i like left it there was a boat sitting on it not in our tournament uh, <laughs> i think a different tournament and i couldn't get back on it so i went to go run to another area of the river that i was fishing and i had caught you know a 23 and a 27 pound bag in this other area in practice but as I was on my way there, I slung a blade on my prop, and I lost two hours of fishing after that happened. Gotcha. Gotcha. Are those fish in the St. Lawrence just as stupid as we, as us southern guys in Alabama think they are? Uh, no. They're, <laughs> I mean, when you see those weights, like, yeah, there's a, there is a lot of giant fish in there, and the place really is incredible, but someone coming there for the first time especially someone that comes there and fishes the river like i stay in the river i didn't fish right. The, lake. Right. the river could be very challenging to someone especially at first because i even talked to a few people that week and they were like man this place ain't what like all the weights showed out in the toyota series and i was like i mean it is but it's just tough because it fishes a lot smaller than it actually is sure sure but I, when you get around them you're around them i have fished the river one time um for a couple of days on, on a little fun trip and and you're right it's not just every cast but dude when you find the right little the right little stretch it's it's stupid so yeah or can be it can yeah. be and i and i'm looking at the johnston brothers i mean in about a two and a half three week time period they've they've amassed about 140 pounds a piece plus out of that river <laughs> over, over over six days so yeah i mean it's hard to it's hard to believe it's not just i mean it's it is just that good isn't it? Yeah, it's it, it really is a special place, and I mean the most important thing is just taking care of it and keeping those fish healthy for sure. Sure. So when I when I when I texted you the other day, uh, you said you'd be fishing today, and we just heard your mercury, you know, fire up. But uh, sorry, are you on the Potomac? Are you fishing the, the Toyota Series in the Potomac? Yes, I'm down here on the Potomac for that third final Toyota Series. Uh, just trying to make it into the championship. Okay. Well. Uh, David pointed out to me earlier, you were 25th in points right now, so you're on that bubble, aren't you? Yeah, I got to come here and catch him, just like I had to do at that last open. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you, how do you feel about uh, about this week? 
Oh, this place is, this place is, uh, you know, you, we say it's the the St. Lawrence is incredible, but this place is incredible. It's just a whole different version of incredible. Really? Okay. <laughs> uh, the bite is, the bite is, the bite is so tough down here. Uh, I mean, there's guys that aren't even getting a bite a day. Like mm. there's guys that, that have been, I've talked to that have been here for three, four days and they're on maybe two fish if they're lucky. I know sometimes it's doc talk, but I do know how tough this place can be right now. And there's a lot more grass growth here than normal. And it's all choked out with mats and it's just fishing a lot different than it normally does. So to catch a limit here in this tournament is going to be like, you're going to be in contention to probably push to make that final day. Okay. All right. You can do like a limit for 10 pounds. Oh, wow. Okay. I got you. David, you had a question? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was advertised because I didn't get a, catch, a chance to catch the live coverage, but um, was Canada open for you guys? Yes. Okay. We just couldn't uh, anchor down or anything like that or go to land. Mm. Okay. So my, 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 I guess my second question, since you fished the two events being so close together in a way, um, did you expect fish the same areas or did you expand on what you found from the Toyota events a few weeks ago or did you fish new areas then? I expanded what I found from the Toyota series like the two weeks prior. I even spent a little bit of time in the lake but the the first day I was in the lake I found a absolutely massive massive school. It was probably the biggest school I think I've ever found in fishing. Like it I mean there was so many fish there I couldn't even believe it. Like and it, they were all four and five pounders. And then two days later I went back out there and I couldn't even catch an eight or 10 inch fish on the same spot. So I was like, eh, this ain't good. The lake's not for me and the situation I'm in. I got, that's, that's where I made the decision to focus all my time on the river. Okay. And I, I like I, like I said, I, I did spend a lot of time. I never went past like the, the Alex Bay area going the other direction. I, I kept all my time for the most part in Clayton towards the mouth on both the you know, American side and then also the like Kingston, Ontario side. Okay. All right. Crazy, crazy, beautiful place up there. It's really pretty this time of year, I'm sure. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Kenneth? You, you made the comment that you fished the Opens with the intention of making the Elite Series. Tell us, tell us how you are – you know, from a financial standpoint, if that was your goal starting, you know, starting out, you, you now know that you've made it. How are you prepared financially to enter the elite series and take on that task? Uh, it was one of those things that was obviously discussed from the start. And it's kind of like, it, it's always been the goal to make it to the elite. That's always like the dream come true. And I just, after the last couple of years of fishing, I just feel like I've, uh, improved my skill enough and I really felt like I was ready to take that that leap so that's why I did sign up for the open this year but financially like me I work for my dad he owns a construction business we do plaster stucco drive it and uh stone work and then in the winter times we do snow removal so kind of going into this year one of our biggest things financially was looking at taking on more wintertime jobs because if you did make the elites you at least where I'm from you have December, January is snow removal, uh, sure. and you can make a little bit more money. So we took on a few extra jobs this year. We got an extra uh, truck for doing the snow removal, and that was kind of one of the things that we said, well, we're going to do this, and we're just going to do what we have to do to make it work, and it's going to be more work, but if I make it, it's just going to be extra money to use for it. And then 
whatever I can do for sponsors and whatever sponsors I can get is just going to be a, even more of a bonus. Okay. You know, I, I asked that question primarily because we, we see a lot here, you know, recent from a lot of people, you know, how do I become a professional? It really is. It's a couple of things you have to get lined up. Obviously, you have to be able to perform in the water, and you, you, you've mm-hmm. shown us that you have that ability, but you also have to have things in order to be able to uh, progress through this profession financially. And lots of times it takes extra work doing something extra. And it sounds like yeah. that's kind of your situation is you're prepared to do extra work when you're not on the water. So you can spend time on the water. Yeah. And like, it's one of those things like we, we already do. We, we bust our butts in the, especially in that winter time, which is, it's good because, you know, we're not fishing even like prior to fishing these Toyotas in the opens. Even when you do, you're, you're typically not really getting into that fishing mode until April. So that December, January, February, March has always been a time where we do get work, a lot of work done, especially when we get like the snow and, you know, it's long hours. It's, it's kind of like fishing, like you practice for long hours and a lot of time on the road. It's the same thing with that. Like we work sometimes 24 to 30 hours straight and then you know, it's all worth it in the end. It's hard work. It's, you know, you, 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 sometimes you don't want to do it, but you just, you put your mind to it and you do it, you get it over with. And in the end, it's worth it. So that's kind of what we, the way we looked at it. And we were like, you know, we'll, we'll take on a little bit more and we'll do what we can and we'll just make sure we get it done and whatever we have to do, we have to do. That's awesome. It, it goes back to the old saying, if you want it bad enough, you'll figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, exactly. So, who are some of your sponsors right now, Jonathan? Uh, right now, the I have a local Geico office. They've always helped me out for like the last two, three years. Okay. And then I have Exxon Lures, Carhartt, uh, Denali Rod, T-Line Fishing Line, Owner Hooks, Eco Pro Tungsten, Fast Boat Technologies, and Powerpool. Okay. Now I'm looking at uh, one of your pictures uh, from over the weekend on uh, on your Facebook page, and it says Geico Scranton. And so when I post this picture in our in our deal, my wife, who is hung up on the office right now, she's going to want to know why you don't have a Dunder Mifflin sponsorship, being that you're close to Scranton. So <laughs> I will have to sit down. Potomac and get on that. Let her know. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Please do. That would uh, that would be good. So uh, it's our understanding that you are planning to make the jump to the elites then for next season. Yes. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. That's uh, that's exciting. I know you were excited to see that, David. Well, since you're talking about, I know you haven't because you just found out about your invitation or official qualification for 2022. But when will you sit down and? look at that 2022 schedule to figure out um, how, you know, whether it's logistics or what lakes you feel or what spots you feel you're going to do well at or need more work on. When you plan to do that, probably after. Well, not tonight. Oh, no, no, I'm like, yeah, not tonight, but once I get back from this event, so that'll be Saturday, I'll be home. That'll be the whole process of really starting to sit. So Sunday night going into, I'll set things up and then Monday morning, that'll kind of be like my job for Monday morning, sitting down, looking at everything, kind of putting everything together, whether I do it on a spreadsheet or do it in a planner, probably have to do both, you know, just to, you know, have everything set and laid out. I'm going to have to really look through everything and kind of go over everything. Luckily I will 
I do have a buddy already in elite, so we will be traveling together and staying together. And, you know, it, it's someone that'll help me out and it'll definitely benefit me in the long run. And especially not being in this position before, I know he'll be helping me along the way. Who Who is that? If you don't mind us asking. Uh, Jamie Hartman. Okay. Oh, right. wow. Yeah, I've heard of him. So he's he's won a blue trophy or so. I think he's won he's, he's won a few dollars yeah. on the elites. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He let he let he let me touch it. <laughs> <laughs> the trophy, right? The trophy. Actually, I, it, the trophy. Actually, yeah. He actually won. He actually won two of them pretty close time, and he was up in New York. So he actually let me carry one into the house that he was staying at. He couldn't carry two at the same time. Well, Buck, I, listen, don't take offenses, but I'm looking at your pictures. You can't weigh more than about a buck twenty-five. So I mean, that that trophy was a little heavy for you, wasn't it? You're- Dude, I used to, I'm almost about that now. The last couple of weeks, being out there fishing and in the heat, I've been losing probably five pounds every week. I'm getting close. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's awesome, Kenneth. You mentioned no, that I push, I, pu- I push I push about 155 soaking wet. Oh, it's soaking wet. <laughs> I got you. All right, all right, KG. That's that's a little compared to ICB. Yeah, that's my right leg. What are we talking about one fifty five. So anyway, sorry. You, you mentioned Exxon earlier. Uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about some of your favorite uh, lures from Exxon. Uh, well, obvi- obviously, number one is the Slammer. Uh, I, I got introduced to the Slammer along probably back in like two thousand ten. I know when they just started first coming around. Uh, I, I grew up fishing with my dad and his buddies and going to some like the BFL tournaments with them. So they, they got me introduced to that bait and uh, it was a bait that I liked from the start. I, I've been catching fish on that for geez, it's like 12 years now. And it's always been a, a bait that's produced. Well, uh, they have a bunch of different versions. Now they have the finesse one. It's a little bit smaller and the 3.25 inch. That's kind of what I like the best. I mean, sometimes you can go, go to a bigger bait and, you know, I, you can get it more, bigger bites but i don't know i i've always had not had a problem throwing the small finesse one and catching the same amount and sometimes the same quality fish as i do with the bigger one uh but other than that uh i a real good bait that they have is that swammer it's kind of like their swim bait style bait it's, mm-hmm. it's an excellent swim bait trailer or it's as good as a swim bait but it, i really prefer it as a trailer that's my go-to chatterbait trailer and that's the uh, the bait i had on my chatterbait down at the james river for that first open and i probably oh my gosh i i can't tell you how many fish i caught on that that entire week down there practicing and then in the tournament and uh i think i only ended up going through maybe three packs of them so they they hold up very well and they're a good product and uh i hope to continue to work with them in the future very cool very cool all right well, bud, we know that you're uh, you're 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 busy getting you know getting off the water, get prepared for uh, tomorrow, and uh, getting ready for this week. So we're going to let you go. But just wanted to say congratulations on qualifying for the Elite Series. That's not easy to do. I mean, you had a field of hammers coming up there to fish mm-hmm. um, in the opens this year, and that's that's a tough feat right there. What you just did. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, but uh, and I'm sure you like seeing this. I can only guy behind you in that deal, but uh, you know, you know, he's probably going to be pushing, uh, pushing you pretty hard come next season in the elites. So, oh, I'm sure I seen him on the water out here yesterday. So hopefully, I can beat him in this one too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bud, thanks. Hey, so make, make that, make that championship 
That's it. That's another opportunity to earn some more more good dollars. That's right. That's the plan. Good deal. Good deal. Well, Jonathan, thanks so much for your time, Buck. Congratulations again. And I have a feeling we're going to be talking to you again real soon once the Elite Series kicks off next year. All right. Thank you very much. I hope you guys have a great night. Thanks, bud. You too. See you. Bye-bye. Well, guys, there he is, Jonathan Kelly, your Northern Opens points winner. David, I like the whole pushing snow thing, clearing snow out, making some extra money. You know, what's funny is, listen, what's funny is when I was 19, lived in Akron, Ohio, right? And I was an automotive mechanic working on cars, and I worked in a, in a, a uh, it was a independent garage, right? And so a buddy of mine had some contracts pushing snow in the wintertime. And I was going to join him. I bought a big truck, bought a plow, right? I was going to help him push snow from like 3 in the morning to 8, and then we'd go work on cars. And then, you know, if it snowed again, we'd do it again. And I was all lined up. And then my dad says, hey, bud, I'm getting transferred to Memphis, Tennessee. You can stay in Ohio or you can go to Tennessee. I sold the plow, and I bought a boat so I can fish year-round in Tennessee. Get me the hell out of the snow. So here we go, right? So, I mean, Kenneth, it sounds like he's got his ducks in a row ready to go to the elites. I think so. Uh, he's, you know, he's shown that he can perform on the water. He's not afraid to do a little extra work in the off time to make sure he's stable financially. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how he does. Yeah, me too. I think he'll do real well. Sound like a really good kid. And, uh, I mean, anybody comes in the Opens their first year and they go up, the, you know, against the Iconellis, Prosnicks, and, I mean, Patrick Walters, and some other names in this group right here. You know, Walters, the Johnstons, right, um, and, and a bunch of other ones. You got a lot, a lot of big names in that field. And to come out on top of that after three events, that's, uh, that's hard to do. But he did it. So congratulations to Jonathan Kelly. And uh, with that, take a quick little break. When we come back, we'll do some – uh, Sportsman's Warehouse Bass Wrap-Up, some news and notes, and we'll get you guys back on the water right here. I feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14-hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time, and most people are going to come up with an excuse to get off, and I don't feel like I get that same fatigue, and a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort, IsoChill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> 
I think I always tie one on. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Let's talk some sports in the warehouse. Bass wrap-up brought to you by Under Armour Apparel. Makers of ISO Chill stay cool and comfortable and on the water longer this summer with Under Armour ISO Chill. Learn more at uafish.com. David, give me some results, my friend. All right. So the first one, we head up to, uh, I guess, what Taco Ito referred referred to as what smallmouth Disneyland. I, I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask Jonathan about that. He talked about that spot on the lake. If it was smallmouth Disneyland, but I really need that sound bite, right? Smallmouth Disneyland. But uh, I don't have it. I, all I, all I've got is. Hey yo, Grover. That's as close as I get. Smallmouth Disneyland. So. That's all you need. That really it is. <laughs> that and. Um, Let's see. There's one more here. What a dumb bass. That one, too. So, <laughs> anyway. All right, David. Sorry. Nope. But uh, Under Armour Pro Corey Johnston, the other Johnston brother, uh, I don't know, no surprise there, but he took the win there with a total of 78 pounds even over three days of fishing. 78 pounds. Didn't his brother win the it was 77.15? He, he, he had to one up him there, didn't he? He had to one ounce him there. And uh, and get the win. So uh, CJ wins that one, seventy eight even, and um, with seventy six oh three, taking point both the Anglers Channel point and the You Pick'em point. Welcome back, Kenneth Grover. KG getting the point there on both sides of the uh, of the t- of, of the deal, and I will say that's not the only time this happens tonight, but it's not KG in both instances. So I will say that. Ooh. So we'll uh, we'll move <laughs> on to BPT Group A. All right. So sticking with the uh, I guess you could say with the smallmouth theme, we head over to the Lake Saint Clair for a BPT Stage Seven, and we look at the. Group A day one overall weight, and that was held by Mr. Michael Neal with 120 pounds and 13 ounces with 36 fish for that. So 36 fish for that, and then he caught another 14 fish on day, I'm sorry, 33 fish on day two for another 102 pounds. He finished his qualifying round with 223 pounds even with 69 fish. What's that average, David? Do you have that? Uh, a no, lot. You can't, you can't figure out a lot, right? <laughs> his biggest fish only being a 15. But for uh, for his day one win, uh, one twenty thirteen. David Wilder grabs the you pick and point with ninety one pounds three ounces, and Michelle guessed eighty pounds ten ounces to grab the you pick and point uh, on the AC side. So, what about Group B? So Group B now. I know on day two or his second day of his group, he was catching largemouth, but I didn't get a chance to check out if that, that was the theme on day one. But a Wesley Strader caught 93 pounds of four ounces to take day one on group B. And then follow that up with 30 largemouth, I believe, at 73.04 on day two. I did watch a good bit of that. And if he said Balake one more time, I, I'm going to put him in the JT Kenny, you know, realm because you know that I'm like, dude, I love that skit from uh, from was it Michael Keegan Peel Peel, yeah, I love that skit. But dude, when you say Balake 47 times in a row and you only catch two fish doing it, 
no, I'm out. Sorry. But uh, Wesley had 166.08 to win his qualifying group in B. But the 93.04 goes to David Rose, who guessed 89.2 for the AC, for the U pick on point. And then Michelle backs it up with 75.10, five ounces ahead of KG. To get that win, KG was seventy five five, Michelle was seventy five ten. So um, she yeah she grabbed that point. So that's what we're looking at. So now, my, before we get out of this, let's let's jump down because knockout round is happening right now. It's over. Andy Morgan wins your knockout round as we record this on Tuesday night. Andy Morgan wins your knockout round ninety three oh one. Then Rombanus, Dudley, Dobson, Wheeler. Gary Klein, who we've not mentioned his name ever, uh, Alton Jones Jr., and then Avena finished in eighth above your your Toro cut line. So they join Neil and Strader going into that uh, that deal. Uh, is there is there points up to date, David? Do you know by chance? I need to look and see. I don't know if there's is I'm assuming it is. I know that they were saying that Ayler was out. It was down to Wheeler and Atifo. Well, you know who's going to win that then because Wheeler makes the top ten, and um, and Defoe does not. But well, I don't know. Defoe was thirty. Was um, sorry, he was twelve points ahead of Wheeler coming into today. Um, for coming into this event, it's not been updated because, to my knowledge, because Wheeler is our uh, Ayler is at four thirteen. So, um, do you have but, the standings in front of you to see where Ott finished? I know he didn't make the cut, but how how far down was he? Ott finished in thirtieth place. So Wheeler, so he's 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 done. He's done. Yeah, Ott is done. And um, I'm pretty sure this is going to be handed over to Wither. If I had to do the math right now, even if Wither finished tenth, he's two yeah, points he's ahead of Ott. So it's going to be a Wither deal. Now weight's zero, and we've done the math. We've looked at this in the past. Um, that only Wheeler and maybe one other have won their qualifying rounds and then gone on to win the championship round. Between Morgan, Rombanus, Dudley, Dobson, Wheeler, Klein, Jones Jr., Avena, Neal, and Strader, who are you guys pulling or thinking is going to pull this one out? Come day four, when everything's all all back to zero, who do you look to make a run? I think Neal will make a run. I don't know that he can. I don't know that he can win it. He's. I think he's the most logical choice to win it. Strader with the largemouth pattern. Depending on how the weather gets on the last day, as this today as this airs, um, on Wednesday is going to depend. That river deal may may play out for him if he can't get out on, out on the big lake. But knowing these guys, they'll call a weather delay and they'll wait for it to be flat calm. And we won't fish again until Friday, but um, that's just speculation. But uh, I don't know, David. What are you What are you feeling right now? If everything works out, and I guess his spots and his, uh, his fish are still there, I'm assuming Michael O'Neill is just too dialed in uh, weight wise to do it. But that's if you know his fish didn't get hammered. And, but he hadn't fished yeah. since what Sunday? Yes. So he's been off for two days. So, yep. you know, been off for two days. Um, I don't know if anybody was fishing near his stuff or around his stuff. I don't know. But 
I think Neil's going to be hard to beat, but you can't count out Wheeler. I hate to say it. You you really can't. Going into final days, he's just – he's just he finds a way to get dialed in some way, somehow. So, Kent, what about you? I'll, I'll throw another wild card in there with Dobson. Yeah. I was going to say the Dobson same. Has a, has a lot of experience up there. It's possible he may call an audible, do something different when he's done, and show something that we hadn't seen. Okay. But I, I'm going to say I'm pulling for one of the largemouth guys. I want to see the largemouth guy win this You one. know what? It, it, it would not hurt my feelings at all, at all. I mean, we're watching massive smallmouth come out. As much as I love a good smallmouth bite, you're right. It wouldn't hurt my feelings to see a largemouth guy either. So, um, and, and, and if this event was a five-fish limit, really good chance a largemouth guy would win the thing. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to know who you thought is going to win. 256-535-3217. X-Zone Hotline brought to you by, well, Trickstep, sponsor Scott Dobson. Uh, I'd love to know who you think is going to win it. Uh, shoot us a text before noon today, noon on Wednesday. If you guess it right, um, hell, I might just find a really cool prize to give away. How about that? So first one to guess it right or to pick one, you only got 10 to choose from. So 256-535-3217. We'll do our own little side you pick them game. How's that for you for those for you loyal listeners? Let me know who you think is going to win. I'll find a pretty cool prize pack and uh, we'll get you guys fixed up. All right, David, moving on. What else we got? I guess I think there's smallmouth in this lake, so I guess we can still carry the smallmouth theme over. But we go to the Wild West Bass Trail SoCal Arizona Championship on Lake Havasu, okay. and that was a two day event, and that was one by the team of Matthew and Mark Williams with a total of 36.72. 36.72 for a two-day total. James Royal, 36.60. Grabs the you pick a win there. And I guess 36.12 uh, to grab the AC, you pick a win. So if you're scoring at home, it's one point me, one point KG, two points Michelle at this point in the game. So... All right, David, what else you got? All right, so we head over to the BFL event on Lay Lake. That was a super tournament, I believe. So that was. was a two-day tournament, and winning that event with 28.02 or 28 pounds of two ounces was Wesley Gore. Yeah, Wesley Gore, 28.02. And coming in with both the AC pick and the U pick on pick, <clears throat> 27 our very own David Jong. Thing is sexy. Sexy. That's right. So he grabs the grabs the point on both sides of the fence there. All right, PBC on Clark's Hill. We do not have results for yet. So anybody listening that fished the Palmetto Boat Center event over on Clark's Hill, if you got results, fire them to me. We would love to have them. Please, we can score these points. All right, David. What about the Texas Shootout on Rayburn? So. I guess one of the names on, on there is, is no surprise because, you know, he's, a, I guess, a Texas hammer, but the team of Shane Campbell and Keith Combs. Yep. This is a three-fish event, so I don't know if I, my weight was right, but they caught 19.9 to take the win there for, uh, with three fish. Three fish deal, 1990. Um, they grabbed the win there. And David Wilder again. Second Ooh. point of the week for David Wilder with 1977. Us four assholes all guessed over, so we uh, we do not get a point in that one. Nobody does, so that's just kind of the way that one's going to run. But currently, your U Pickums leader, David Wilder, with two 
KG DX with one apiece. David Rose, James Royal, one apiece. Kenneth, David, here's an opportunity to have your very own trophy for a lifetime, right? It's not going to leave if you win this one. But Wilder's got a point up on you, so y'all got to step it up for next week. I'm just saying. So He needs to hold that lead anyway, so pressure's on him. That's it. And KG, we really appreciate your participation back. <laughs> welcome welcome back to the, to the group. Just to FYI, the U-Picks are up on the website, and you can sub- subscribe to the newsletter right there. We, we, we encourage that. I don't like getting this text. I didn't get my newsletter this week or my U-Picking email. Well, you probably unsubscribe from it, but if you subscribe from it, you'll get it. They're up. Feel free to enter this week as well. We'd love to have you join us again. You know what? You, you may have given me a little extra incentive because it's been so hard for me to get RC ba- AC Bass back from from you guys. That maybe if I get the one from the overall group that I can keep. But that let me about you guys taking it from. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. <laughs> you just made the comment, David, and you heard it. It's been so hard for me to get AC Bass back from you guys. You have to play to win, KG. You don't play. You can't win it, all right. You just you gotta submit your picks. That's the way it Regardless is. Regardless of the circumstances, is hard to do. <laughs> you gotta submit your picks, brother. That's all I can tell you. So make sure you get those in. And uh, you were the second from the last last week, but I was just proud to see it come in. I'll be honest. I'm with just you. giving everybody else a chance at the tiebreak. Well, I understand, but you know, I, it's funny because I I usually turn the picks on on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. And uh, my wife wanted to run the, to the neighborhood pool for uh, for an hour or two late Sunday. And I'm like, wait a minute, I got to turn the you pickums on. And she's like, wait a minute, I, I got to flip the switch. So I flipped the switch. And by God, somebody was like like Johnny on the spot, right, waiting on it to come in. They like refreshed the page, and there it was. And it wasn't you or David or me. So um, somebody had already gotten to us before that. But it was uh, – I like to see it. It's a, it's, a, it's a good problem to have. All right, coming up this week, your you pickums that are out that are due in by midnight Wednesday the 15th. Tonight, the Lady Bass Anglers Classic – three-day event on Logan Martin. Make sure you get those picks in for that. The Toyota event on on the Northern Toyota event on the Potomac three-day deal there, pounds and ounces. The Big Bass Splash on Fork three-day event. That is a single fish. What's going to be the big fish of the event? And you got the Kerr Lake Bassmasters, a one-day event over on Bugs Island, Kerr Lake as we call it. Then the Angler's Choice Marine, you've got a two-day championship on Lake Norman. That should be a barn burner. Then you've got the Alabama Bass Trail down on the Alabama River out of Cooter's Pond. That's a one-day pounds and hundreds event. And then to, to wrap it all up, the BFL Cowboy on Rayburn, two-day event there, the Super Derby for the BFL on Rayburn for the Cowboy Division. Get your picks in by midnight tonight, Wednesday night, the 15th. We would appreciate it, and that means you, KG. So bring that, put it out there. So you're you're one point behind in the overall, and you're one point behind in the in the AC. So and get those uh, get those get those in, and we'll uh, go from there. Also, we've got a couple other uh, results too. Um, our buddy K Pink goes back to back wins on weekends. Winning the Get Five Bass Solo Derby Championship on Dardanelle. 
with 1834 for the win there. So uh, another big weekend for him. Only won like 1900 bucks, but still, he uh, got a little money there and some bragging rights. 1834 for K-Pink, my buddy Kevin Short. I got to have him on the show sometime, but uh, we got to make that happen. Let's see if I can't uh, can, can, can make that happen here pretty quick. So uh, let me see. We had a few other I, things I that we shared. I bet he can come up with some pretty good stories. He's got a few. He has got a few. Um, David's got all of the BFL results uh, from the tournament on Erie to Hartwell to Lay Lake we just talked about. You've got the there's one more. Uh, what was that one? That was up in New York. And then there's uh, Shelbyville, one along Kentucky Barkley Lake, who Kevin, uh, yeah, Munier won that one, uh, beat out uh, old – uh, Matt Robertson there. So we've got some more results. Got the Extreme Bass Series results up on the, the Facebook page there. Anglerschannel.com on Facebook. Go give it a like. Give it a subscribe. Give it a follow. Whatever you want to do. Also has the uh, the Bass Pro Shops U.S. Open qualifying event on Old Hickory uh, up there. Um, again, they, they put the winners, but no weights. I swear, what's the deal? I want to know what they how, how big the fish were, you know? First place, long-time fishing buddies, Brandon Gray from Baltimore, Alan King from Hensel, Carolina. Great. Biggest bass, Stacy Benningfield and Charlie Manley. Well, what did it weigh? I don't care. That the, what did it weigh? I want to know. Jesus. Take the wheel. So, but um, what else we got, guys? How, how, what else is going on in the, in, in the bass fishing world, David? I don't know. It's starting to slow down. Well, well, at least on the, the pro side, but I know some of you local guys are fishing starting your fall stuff or your winter league. So feel free to shoot your schedules my way. Please, please get your, uh, <laughs> please get your, your, uh, your dates in quick. Those are filling up. We want to make sure we get your tournaments on the calendar. It's funny because Labor Day weekend, there was hardly anything there, but then like the past two weekends, it's just been, it's jammed, right? They're, they're everywhere. They're full. Uh, we do want to go through some points real quick. I did print out some point sheets and, and look at these. Northern Opens are done. We talked about that. Jonathan Kelly, Ike and Nelly, Alex Redwine, all qualifying for the elites. Um, and then the let's see the so that's all they're 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 qualifying for the elites. Here's the question: Does Ike come back? That that was one question that 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 was brought up earlier. David, what do you think? I, I don't know. I, I know that he still has the hunger and desire to compete. Um, I just don't know if, cause you know, he didn't really leave. B, well, we don't know the, all the details about why he left BPT, but, um, I'm pretty sure he's enjoying life with his family. Uh, he's probably not missing all of the time on the time away from home. So I could see where he might not take it, but I'm leaning it to, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking he'll he'll come back next year. I'm thinking he will too. After seeing the post that uh, that he made and that Becky made on you know accomplishing their goal, qualifying, you know making that top three in points, I have a feeling that that, that he'll make it back. KG, what say you? You know, I'm kind of leaning to where I would be a little surprised he didn't take the opportunity. But you know, Mike's probably the only angler out there that has so much going on out, you know, outside of his tournament schedule right. that, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to. So, 
he's probably the only one that we that we would actually question this and not know for sure what's going on and we we may not know until like the last minute no we may not you're right and you know somebody brought up to me uh over the weekend after after it's all said and done that they imagine probably some of his sponsors are pushing him to go back to the elites and I, like like you just said with everything he has going on i doubt that's the case i'm sure some are saying man we'd love to see you back there but you got so much else going on. We're still getting, you know, the benefit out of it. So I don't see why it would be uh, be a big deal. But you're right. But I think he still has that desire. I, I say he goes, but um, again, we won't know till you know till signing day, and um, he'll let us know. I, I can imagine. But I will try to get him on the show to find out here pretty soon. So we'll see what we can do. Uh, coming up, I believe next week, the final Southern Open. Jacob Fouts, David Williams, and Blake Smith, your current top three right now with 387, 380, and 369 points. Knocking on the door, <clears throat> Poche, Asmore, John Hunter Jr., Porosnik, Swisher, Josh Douglas, and your rebar, Corey Lindsay, Sam George. So some big names up there. Masayuki Masushita. And seven, I like to, I just like saying it, David. That's all. So, but that one's coming up uh, next week on Norman. So look for that on your your pickums this coming week or this weekend. Um, so you got a lot a uh, lot going on there. That's going to be a good one. Um, Fouts, former college angler, former college champ, fished the classic. He's been fishing the opens, trying to get in there. David Williams, former elite series guy, went back, went to FLW, been fishing the pro circuit. And uh, working his way back up, Blake Smith, I believe it's the same Blake Smith as Captain Blake Smith from FLW as well, uh, from the pro circuit, excuse me, and then uh, trying to work his way up to the elites. Of course, Poche, we know where he's from, what he does or doesn't do, and uh, all the above. Centrals, you still have two events left, Smith Lake the 1st of October, or, yeah, 1st of October, and then Grand Lake the end of October. So we've still got six weeks or so before we know. Who's going to make a move? Who's not going to make a move? And then you still got the Bass Nation event, uh, the championship there in early November. So six, eight weeks, we'll know what the full field and roster looks like for uh, for February for the elites. But uh, some good things going there. I'm excited to see these races come to an end. The opens are always good because then you've got the the opens angler of the year because you got three from the southern three from the central three from the northern and then you've got three from the opens angler so that's the combined so prosnick tommy williams and sam george tommy won an open last year qualified for the classic he's the guy that threw the fish on the stage at the classic this year i got a great picture of that i can't publish it but it was really freaking cool sorry about the fish it lived it's okay right but it took it did all the way to seeing the crash uh, Prosnick was 1,029 points. Williams, 979. Sam George, 925. Would love to see Sam George qualify, Kenneth. I know he's a local guy. We know him from TH Marine and things like that. Would love to see him qualify. He did well on Pro Circuit, but I think he, he would do well in the elites. You know, he's been paying his dues, and I think it's starting to pay off. He's been pretty consistent. He really has. And you've got uh, Dice K, Aoki. Dice K, got it. Dice K, he's only nine points back, or 11 points back, excuse me, from George and fourth John Garrett, who's been another guy paying his dues. College champ, fished college for Bethel for years, been paying his dues in the Open. He's got a shot at it. Masayuki Masashita's got a shot. 
Uh, Upshaw in eighth. He's trying to qualify for it. Left MLF a while back or FLW a while back. Been trying to make it up there. Pangrak in 11th. He's, let's see, he's at 847. So he's, you know, 70 points or so out. Anything can happen, right, going to these last two. One of them's going his home lake on Grant, so he he's definitely got a shot at that. So he's been paying his dues the last few years. Another he's been a nation's guy trying to qualify. So that's been that's been cool to watch there. So a lot of stuff happening in the opens. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see because we know a lot of those guys are like us and you listeners out there that work all week, fish all weekend to get a shot at the elites and uh, get a shot at that Bassmaster Classic. And I think those guys. I mean, it could be cool. We'll see what happens there. So um, one thing I have neglected to talk about or bring up lately, and it's really – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, is the Toyota points because they do take five from each of the Toyota Series points at the end of the year, five from each division. So taking 30 total and going to the pro circuit. And several of these have already finished, right? They're done. And I, you know, dumbass me not paying attention to it, what a dumb bass. Right, that's on me. I get it. So not paying attention to it. But you look at the central Toyotas, which KG, you fished them. I, I didn't I didn't print out that I didn't have, have enough paper to get down to yeah. your point standing. Sorry. You, you would need a lot. Yeah, I only print out the first two pages. But Jimmy Washam, our title champ, already a pro circuit guy. He won the points there at 741. Chase Hensley, Mickey Beck, Jeff McLean, Blake Hall, who we know Blake from Gunnersville. Uh, and Wheeler, um, he in fifth. And then Adam Wagner, he'll move in since uh, since Washington double qualified. He'll move in there as well. So there's five guys that can make a chance or make a run at Pro Circuit for next year. And then you've got top 25 in points there. I'm looking to see if we knew anybody that were in that 25. Salzman was a local guy, Dakota Ebear. Uh, Kevin Drake, Casey O'Donnell, Derek Remitz in 16th, Casey Martin. So a few guys that have fished Pro Circuit before, r- running that Toyota Series deal now and uh, and doing well and, and uh, making that making that championship. But um, so we know Chase Hensley, Mickey Beck, Jeff McClain, Blake Hall, Adam Wagner qualifying or getting the invitation to the Pro Circuit for next year. Going down to the Southwestern, you've got Todd Castledine, Jeff Reynolds, Cameron Matison, Keith Combs, River Lee, best name out there, and Mitchell Webb. You think Combs is going to go fish the pro circuit next year? Uh, I would be shocked if he did. Yeah, me too. I thought it was kind of funny. So I went on down to Michael Webb. I felt like he's probably not going to go. But uh, Castledine, former pro circuit guy, left to fish the Opens after the MLF buyout, left to fish the Opens. He's qualified back for the pro circuit there, so that'll be interesting. Um, and then uh, looking down the list, the top 25 there, one that sticks out, Derek Monday. You know, Monday, Monday, the guy that won all the stuff early in the year on Rayburn, he uh, qualified for that. Harold Moore, uh, Russell Cecil, who is uh, one of Castle Dunn's buddies, qualified as well. The Southern event, uh, Southern Division, you've got Lance Ogeschlager, Joshua Weaver, Keith Pace, Joey Sifuentes, and Cole Hewitt. So we know Weaver and Sifuentes are both qualified already. That goes down to Christian Gregg and Dakota Ebear in seventh, but Dakota's already qualified. So that goes on down to Stephen Albertson in eighth place. 
it'll get the nod there. So the Southerners are done. That's a big one. Look to see if, you got, if we know anybody uh, in that group. Terry Seagraves, uh, Tim Renault, um out of Texas. And then um, Nathan Thomas, your last guy in there on the top 25 on that. So, And then you got the Plains Division. Andy Newcomb, Eric Oliverson. Uh, Eric, big big time angler out of Missouri. Good to see him uh, finishing well. Bruce Parsons. Keith Weisenberger, who's already a PC guy. Uh, Sean Goodwin. And then Brent. I, I put it in uh, – I highlighted it, and now I can't read it. Brent Alger uh, in sixth place. He'll take Weisenberger's spot uh, and move up there. So – Casey Scanlon qualified for the uh, for the championship out of that. Jeff Crete, Russ Lane, um, let's see Josh Busby, Michael Harlan. So a few guys out of the Plains Division qualified uh, that we know. We still have got a the wild card is still open. That one's still going on, but that's just to qualify for the championship, right, KG? Uh, yes, I think that's right. Yeah, that's just to qualify for the championship. Brandon Klein, Troy Roder. Dickie Newberry, Chad Mazurik, uh, Alex Heinz, Josh Benzema, David Ridley, Randy Howell, Cal Lane, Ty Faber, Billy Klein, Mark Rose, all currently sitting in that top 12. Top 12 will move to the move to the Toyota Championship to earn them a shot at $200,000. 235000 if you run in that one boat that KG runs. We still got one left in the West. Determine that winner there, Philip Dutra. He's got a three-point lead over Michael Morgan, Blake Dyer, William Hume, and Nick Salvucci, which I believe Nick was – is that the same one that fished the Classic last year Who or this year? I have to go back and look and see. I don't remember. Um, and then one left in the North, which is coming up this week, uh, Matt Becker, Brian Thrill to Martin Vila, Troy Morrow, Glenn Babineau, your current top five, of course, Thrift, Becker, and Morrow, all three. Well, Thrift's a BPT guy, but Becker and Morrow are both uh, pro-circuit guys. That would go down to Nick Harsfeld and Marty Robinson, which Marty's already BPT guy, so that could go down to Robbie LaFear. We'll know more once all these end, but I did uh, print out the rules, so I have all the rules in front of me now, so I know, highlight them and everything, David, so I'm, I got all my reading done and ready to roll. Yes, sir, KG. Well, you, you've mentioned a couple of BPT guys, but are any of those BPT guys kind of maybe on the uh, chopping block BPT? One is, one is that I know sure. of, or one's close. But um, I'm sure he'll, you know, beg and plead to to Daddy Boyd to get in, which is really funny, really funny, right? So, you know, a few weeks ago, not to get off topic here, but a few weeks ago, I had a little oral surgery, right? So I had a new dentist, and uh, my wife found me a new dentist. I go to the dentist, had some teeth problems, some broken teeth. I'm not a dentist kind of guy, right? The um, so I get the teeth taken out, I go back for my checkup for regular dentist and to get my teeth cleaned. And the lady looked at me and she says, last time you had your teeth cleaned? I said, man, it's been a while. She's like, six months? No, nah, more than that. Goes, a year? Probably longer than that. She's like, when was it done? I'm like, I really can't remember. It's been a minute. So she gets in there and she's like, yeah, you're right. So she's doing x-rays and scraping and prodding jackhammer and all that good stuff in there. Well, I'm wearing a Strike King Lure Company hoodie, right? It was It's cold in the house. My wife keeps it cold. 
I walked out in the hoodie. I went over there. The dentist was cold. So I kept my hoodie on. I'm in a Strike King Lure Company hoodie. She goes, ah, oh, you're a fishing guy. I said, yes. Yes, I am. Well, what do you do? So I told her between rinsing and, and gargling and her hands in my mouth. What I don't understand is, and if you are a dentist or you are a dental hygienist listening to this podcast, why is it that when you have your hands in my mouth, I mean, you're up to your damn elbow working on my teeth, right? You want to ask me questions that you know damn well I can't answer, right? I mean, I can't shake my head yes or no. I mean, I can give you like one for yes, two for no. I can blink. I can't talk because you, I mean, you're in there. All right? My teeth ain't pretty. We all know that, right? So then she asked, she's like, well, when's the last time that you flossed? And I, me being as smart as I am, I said, well, you should know you were there, right? Because it was the last time I was here a long damn time ago. I don't do it. So anyway, I came home with like, and I, and I asked her, she, well, she said, when's the last time you floss? I'm like, well, depends on how small of a test fishing line I got in the boat, <laughs> whether or not I floss or not. So Dave, David's up there like, you, CB, you got to floss. Yes, I know I got to floss. <laughs> but while she's in my mouth, she's like, you know, old Gerald? And I'm like, mm-hmm, you know. She's like, you know, Lulu? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, Boyd and Jen? Mm-hmm. You like – She's like, you like Boyd and Jen? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't answer. I didn't say a word. I, I, I didn't even, I, I, I didn't, I didn't blink once for yes or two for nothing, right? She's like, mm-hmm. I got you. You on that train, huh? I'm like, I, I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. I didn't, right? She goes, I feel you, and kept on working my mouth. So yeah, so she's throwing out names, right? And who knows who? Who knows what? So yeah, it was. Uh, pretty comical but uh i gotta go back got a cavity david i gotta get a cavity fixed so anyway so kids if you're listening get off the mountain dew iv drip and stop biting fishing line she gets she asked me she goes you still biting fishing line i'm like 10 and under I'll, I'll i'll bite it off anything above 10 i'll usually cut it david shaking his head like cb come on like come on dad really did, did she give you like a little baggie like they give the kids oh hell the yeah i got and then the, i got the I, I got i got some really good toothpaste right i got some really good toothpaste for sensitive teeth and gums of course my teeth are like my hair right i'm losing both of them at a pretty rapid pace i ain't got a lot left in either spot and uh got a new toothbrush which i'm pretty excited about and then she said i'll put a i'll put a thing of floss in there if she goes better yet i'll put three so i got three things of floss which you know they're gonna sit in that damn bag and rot. That's all they're gonna do, right? I might use them. I don't know. It could be. It could be a leader kg. We go smallmouth fishing. I don't know. It's pretty strong. But um, yeah. So uh, yeah, got the little bagging. Got the whole nine yards. Got that deal done. And um, yeah, I'm, yeah. But dentist is nice. So I guess that's that helps. So. But. You know, I've, I've never had a desire to uh, bite off my fishing line. I've always had a pair of scissors or clippers or something that were so easy to get to. I've just never had a desire to. You've never tied on a crankbait and and had to bite the tag end off. Never no, had that desire. Come no. on, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Two five six five three five three two one seven. If you bite your fishing line, send me a text. I got a spool of Strike King Tour Gray mono uh, Tour Gray fluorocarbon. I'll send you. I'll send you. Let me know what size test you want. And if you bite your fishing line, yes or no, 
Third texture. Third texture gets it for the for the fishing line. Do you bite it? Yes or no? And if so, how big? How what's the biggest size you've bitten off and successfully done it without Okay, she looked at my mouth. She's like, Yeah, you bite your line, don't you? I said, it's been a while. But yeah, I do. I do. But I'm off the Mountain Dew IV drip. I will tell you that. I'm on the half and half tea, which that's a whole other subject. I'm still pissed about that. I'll get to that next week. Next week, speaking of which, the qualified captain right here on the show, live and in person, the qualified captain from Instagram. Make sure you go and follow him. Give him a follow. Aaron Stasiak will be here to find out a little more about the qualified captain, how he did it, why he did it. And um, you guys make sure you watch me that because we're going to quiz you. I want to know what your favorite qualified captains are. There's a bunch of them that are really, really good. So we'll have him on uh, next week. That'll be uh, a fun little interview as well. David, what did you learn this weekend? Anything? You got to learn something. Come on. Tell me. Tell me, tell me. Uh, I, I guess before I get into it, because I'm going to forget this. I just want to say one thing before I go oh, about please. what I learned. But uh, congratulations to – uh, Jeff Kolodzinski, aka Marathon Man. I was hoping you bring that up. I hope you bring that up. My fellow neighbor from Wisconsin here, he broke his record with a record catch of 3,168 fish. You know, somebody asked Ike about that. You know what he said? Never give up! Never <laughs> give up! <laughs> Sorry, I just thought it was good. So. Sorry. Yeah, Colo, he's one of a kind, dude. Great, great guy. And uh, he's actually was on the Bash University last night. So make sure you check that out as well. Listen to how he did that. Three, how many fish? 3,000? How many? 3,168. I forget how much. I know it was like 2,000 something. So he like demolished whatever demolished. record he had before. But yeah. you imagine what his hands look like right now. I mean, he had a glove. He had yeah. a glove uh, on the one hand that he handles his fish with. So, yeah. Um, so I'm assuming he just he, just from years of doing it, he figured out his way and his system. You know what's going to happen? MLS going to take this over and put a put a, <laughs> a, a size limit on there for long, right? It's got to be so so big before it'll count. So, so I did tune in for a bit. <laughs> uh, he did mention that he prefers catching the small ones because I guess they don't fight as hard. It's a lot for his pace of catch rate, you know, catching and releasing and to keep on that pace. So he did prefer the smaller ones. So if they did set that, uh, that, uh, I don't know, minimum requirement that I bet you, then maybe he wouldn't have broken it, but hey, he it's bluegills, it's hey, panfish. He would, he would have broken it. That's for sure. I feel bad for the guys <laughs> that are having to flip the number, right? Every time, you know, flip the number. Flip I the think number. it was digital this time. Was it digital? <laughs> Last year it was flipping. That's all I remember. So it was uh, pretty good. But big congratulations to Colo. Great friend of the show. Good friend of mine and uh, David's. And uh, just an overall really, really good guy. So congratulations to him. All right, David, what did you learn? Tell me something. Um, so... I don't know. The wife always complains about how I'm, as I get older, I'm a bit more boring. I'm not as spontaneous as I used to be because oh. uh, the they other make, day she they goes, make a pill for that. Show now. <laughs> they make a oh, pill no, for hey, that. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't brag about anything that I can or can't do. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, she made. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that either, but <laughs> uh, anyways, um, she goes, you know, because you know, she's always making fun of me. I'm not as spontaneous. I don't do all these like things that I used to way back then, and I'm more of a homebody than I used to be. But 
Uh, she goes, let's just move to Texas. And I'm what? like, huh? Huh? Texas? I'm like, what? Why? She goes, I don't know. I just, Cause I know I've been, you know, teasing her about making a move down south somewhere, and uh, so I don't know if that, that's a sign, but it sounds like she's more on board. But I told her, what, what the heck are we gonna do? I mean, like I said, because I, I don't, I'm not as spontaneous. I have to be a bit more rational with how I do things. But yeah, but that's what she came out of her mouth the other day. So you know, know, Texas is cool, but Alabama's better. It really is. It really is. <laughs> hey, I, I'm trying to make whatever work happen. So, uh, you know, it's all, a lot of it's out of my hands, but we'll see. There you go. There you go. KG, how about you? Any uh, spontaneous stories or anything from your wife that you're complaining about? Uh, I guess I'm pretty boring as well. But <clears throat> I did find something out about Under Armour that I would not tested till oh. this weekend. Okay. Um, I was fishing in the slop as I call it. And sometimes when you do that, the old scummy stuff, you know, that you get kind of this time of year. Yeah. I've ruined some shirts fishing that stuff in the past. You sure. get the fish in, they start flopping around. It gets all over you. I'd done pretty good. I'd cleaned the fish off outside the boat before I got them in the boat. I mean, I got a brand new boat. I didn't want to get the carpet all dirty, oh, but I had one fish that I got up in the boat and he went nuts. When, once I got him right, right up, to me and i had stuff all over my shirt and i, I was one of my isochill shirts you know yeah so i actually washed it last night and when i pulled it out of the dryer not a speck of scum left on it nice. just as clean as it was before i left that morning very very so not clean. only not only does it keep you comfortable while you're on the water but it cleans up well there you go i like it i like it there you go folks you're, you're weekly what did i learn this week news from from david and kenneth right there so that uh that's always good i learned something this week i am not i don't i don't know what it is i can't remember i, I don't I, I really don't i'm i'm sure it was good um but uh a lot going on in this brain right now and in this office too much to even comprehend at this point so um i'm afraid i'll be learning a lot over the course of the next few months too so but uh, it's been a, been a good week. been a crazy week. been a shit show of a week this week. It's only Tuesday. But it's going to get better. It has to, right? I mean, it has to. You know, Chris, if it's not a crazy week, then you're not doing anything. You're exactly right. And that's exactly how I feel about it. So with that said, as always, folks, thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. We do encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast app. If you like the show, go ahead and share it with your mom and them. If not, feel free to give us a shout. We'd love to know your thoughts and opinions via the X-Zone hotline, 256-535-3217. On behalf of our guest tonight, your Bassmaster Opens Northern Points winner and Elite Series qualifier, Jonathan Kelly. On behalf of Kenneth, Kenneth Grover, David Jong, I'm Chris Brown. Guys, have a great weekend. weekend. As always, God bless. Good fishing. Put that light jacket on, buckle it up tight. Make sure that kill switch is on. We'll see you next week. Don't take it personal. Thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, your number one tournament resource. 